um, before we before I start, uh, we start. I just want to say we thank you guys for support. I mean, these first two weeks have been insane, not only for the podcast, but for our sports network, and we really appreciate the support from you guys. But uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Now, our first topic of the day is going to be our top five running back prospects. Now, our list is going to be drastically different because this running back, uh, this running back uh, type of draft for us, it's it's really diverse. I'd say more than past years because like there's a ton of different types of running backs, not a lot of the same type of guys. But uh, Pekins, I'm gonna let you get started out with your first guy. All right, um, we'll start. We're starting at five, right? Yep. All right. Uh, my fifth guy is uh Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, he plays for uh, Memphis. Um, and he, he was a big reason uh, Antonio Gibson was, I mean, played the receiver, you know, hybrid role is because yeah. he, he had, I don't know, he had like 1400 yards. He's just a monster season. Um, he, he kind of reminds me of Gibson. He's, uh, he, he's obviously like more, uh, he, he's like, he's more ready to play like running back right now. Yeah. Uh, like the, the vision's already there and stuff, but, He's probably going to run like a four four. He's really explosive. Uh, he's got, I mean, all, all their running backs have versatility. Like you look at Tony Pollard, uh, Henderson. All all their running backs, they they play them in the slot. They move them around. They play them at receiver. Uh, so he he's like a natural. He's a natural pass catcher already. Um, the only thing, I mean, really, the only thing that's an issue is he's kind of small. He's like, uh, I think he's like 5'10", 180, 190. He's, yep. so I don't know if I, I don't know if you want him to be like your main running back, but he does he does everything. Like he catches, makes people miss. Uh, yeah, he and I mean he, yeah he takes he takes like every like five carries. It's like a huge like thirty yard gain. So yeah, he yeah. he's a guy I love. I love watching. Uh, I watched a little bit of Kansas game, well, obviously not a lot, but I check out a lot of Memphis games because. For me, Memphis is kind of running back factory. I mean, you have Tony Pollard. He hasn't gotten much a lot of play time because he gets Elliott's the main back in Dallas. But the times Tony Pollard gets most of the carries, he's just electric. I loved him when he was at Memphis. And then obviously Antonio Gibson, he showed us what he can do at running back this year. He's a fantastic player. I'm glad we got him on our squad. And Kenneth Gainwell is just another diamond in making in the Memphis running back factory. I don't know who the head coach is there, who the running backs coaches, but they just do a phenomenal job of scouting running backs. And they just get these guys that either they may be undersized, but they're just big and they're fast. You know, they're like, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're, all, they're all like crazy athletes. Like, yeah, I love what they are doing down there with running backs. Uh, I'm going to have to watch a lot more Kenneth Gainwell, but from what I've seen, I think he's a good running back and, I'm not sure what type of value he'll have in the draft. He, to me, he might be a third, fourth, fifth round. He's definitely a late round guy, as a lot of people are thinking. Probably yourself too, but I'm not sure where he'll go in the draft. But I think he could be a valuable running back one. But I think he's probably more of a running back two in the beginning of his career than he might develop into a running back one yeah. later on down the line. Yeah, that's the same. I think he probably needs to add on, uh, kind of like how McC- McCaffrey did his rookie year. Yeah, you know, add like 15, 20 pounds of muscle. And I, yeah, I think I think he's got everything you need to be uh, RB1. Maybe, yeah, maybe not year one, but yeah. So let me get to my first guy. Now, this is a uh, Virginia Tech running back, Khalil Herbert. Now, I know uh, Ty's going to be a uh, Ty and his other friends from uh, that VT fans going to love this one. Yeah. So Khalil Herbert kind of just burst onto the scene this year, if I believe. 
He used to be a Kansas running back. He transferred to Virginia Tech. And watching him this year, especially against Clemson, this guy, I, I love this guy. I mean, the quickness he plays with is just ridiculous. He has, like, elite quickness. He's big. He's a big running back, too. He's built very strong, but he's quick as hell. He's fast, legit 4-4 speed guy. And his acceleration, I mean, he just gets to top speed quickly, just like that. I'm a big fan of Khalil Herbert. I love what he did this year, especially against Clemson, which that's a very hard defense to uh, run the ball well against as a Clemson fan. And he did a phenomenal job against us. And I think he's a second round, third round guy. I don't think any, I don't think a team that needs a running back or running back too is going to let him slip any further than third round. That's how much of a big fan I am of Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I didn't watch enough of Herbert. Uh, I, I probably, I used, I used to watch Virginia tech games like all the time. Uh, obviously not now that I'm out in Cali, but uh, yeah, he he's, I mean, there, there's a lot of good running backs. I think that are kind of in that same, like, mid-round third fourth round guys that are uh you know that 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 just do kind of everything you know a little bit of pass catching a little bit of in between the tackle stuff yeah Uh, I will say that one thing I loved about Khalil Herbert that you don't see in a lot of running back run young running backs is his vision you know a lot of running backs coming out of college they struggle I wouldn't say the top running backs, but really the running backs below the top, the top running backs, they struggle a little bit with division because, you know, in NFL, the running lanes are a lot smaller and a lot more condensed. So you got to really find where you can go. But Khalil Herbert, he just knows how to locate. He's patient when he runs with the football. He knows where to go exactly. And he knows when to go straight to top speed or when to slow down and wait until he can get to the top speed. And that's what I really like to see in young running backs. But uh, yeah, I think, He's definitely uh, he's going to be he, he should definitely be a second round, third round type running back. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Khalil Herbert. But uh, anyways, let's get to are you going to say my, something. No, no, I'll, I'll just. Yeah, I'll, I'll go on to my next my next guy if you're ready. All right, cool. All right. Um, my fourth guy is uh, Javon, Javante uh, Williams from uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, and they they have they have two running backs that I think are for sure like both top 10 running backs. Um, Javante, and they, they both like split like evenly, like 50-50 kind of. Uh, Javante's just more like, and they all, they're all they all, they're both super productive. Um, Javante is just like bigger, and I think he's maybe a little better athlete or a bit, a bit a little better athlete. Um, but he kind of, he kind of reminds me of like a faster, like Josh Jacobs. Uh like he's just one of those running backs that, like, uh, he like they never they never stop their like leg drive. Like, they will they don't give up on plays. Like if it's a three yard, they're fighting for they're fighting for six or seven. Uh, and he he he's he's also like pretty good as like a receiver. Although like he didn't catch that much, but like you see him yeah. catching balls kind of like like below him and like outside of his body. Um, yeah, I I kind of think he just he's not like bad at anything like pass protection he's good you know no fumbles like he's kind of just like good at everything yeah I uh, Javante Williams kind of just burst onto this scene this year and correct me if I'm not but correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure he played linebacker before he switched to running back maybe in high school or college yeah so it definitely comes into that I mean I think I was, it was a game against Miami. He just had this insane run where he just absolutely obliterates. I think it was a safety or a cornerback, and he just keeps churning and churning. And I'm like, he's just a powerful runner. I'm a big fan of his. And, like, he's not that fast. He's like a 4-5, mid-4-5 type of person to me. 
Uh, yeah. maybe maybe four four if he has a good run. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm a fan of uh, Javante Williams. I didn't watch a lot of Javante Williams. I didn't watch a lot of UNC in general. But I think he's a good running back, and I think the buzz he's getting now, I'm gonna have to go back and watch a lot. And I think he's definitely a late second round, early third round type of running back. Definitely for me, more of a running back two type of guy early on. But yeah. he could he could down the line in the his rookie year onto his, his sophomore year start getting running back one carries depending on which team he goes to. Uh, one one more thing I'll say is he probably had like may, maybe besides like Najee Harris he probably had my favorite like vision because like there were a lot of times you, you see him like throughout a game like he'll like set up a linebacker like he'll take uh. Like, I, I remember, I forgot what game it was, but there was a play where, like, early on in the first, he takes it outside, and, uh, like, I don't know, two plays later, they run the same play, and he cuts it back inside for, like, a 50-yard gain, like, in the linebackers, like, five yards out of his gap or something. So he, he's, he, he knows how to, like, play these, like, mind games with, like, defenders. Like, oh, one time I'll stiff arm you, one time I'll juke you, you know. He, he kind of has this, like... uh I don't know, like high IQ for like a running back. Yep, yep. I definitely agree. I'm a big fan of his. Now, let me get to my second one. And this one is Puka Williams, uh, Kansas running back. Now, I think he opted out early in the year or he might have not even played at all, just opted out before the season began. But I I watched Puka Williams film in 2019. And from what I saw, I was a big fan. I mean, he's he's undersized. He's about 5'10". So he's the uh, same height as Kenneth Gainwell, correct? I think he's 5'10 yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, 5'10", yeah. So they're both uh, undersized, but Puka Williams is a different type of runner. I mean, he is, like, insanely quick. Like, uh, he's like Kadarius Tony in the open field, even though he's a running back. He's just insanely quick. He's fast and he's small. So what he offers is different. Uh, he can uh, – I think it was against his Texas, his Texas film in 2019. I loved it. I mean, what he did versus, versus Texas was amazing. He was – very physical. I never thought I'd see him be that physical in the game, but he's very physical when he needs to be. I like what I saw from Puka Williams in, in that Texas game. And in general, I'm a big fan. In open space, he's just unbeatable. He's shifty and he's very fast and he can be physical when he needs to. I think I don't think he's going I don't think he's running back material right off the bat. I think like you said with Kendrick Gainwell, he needs to put on some more mass and put on some more weight. So early on, you can just use him in special teams because he has that ability, kick return, pump return, whatever you need. And you can use him in jet sweeps and gadget type of plays if need be. But later on in his sophomore year to third year, you can start using him more as a running back one. But yeah, I'm a big fan. And I think he, I think he's a third round, fourth round type picks, but he's a diamond in the rough to me. Yeah, I, I, I only watch like one or two games of Puka Williams, but because uh, like it's kind of hard to watch like Kansas games, but uh. Yeah, he just, he's like for sure like as like your floor you you know he's going to be a good like third down running back cuz he you just you give him a screen and he like like you said he's kind of like uh Tony, you know. He like he just cuts like and it's, yeah, just in succession it's, it's like I don't know, cuts, it's crazy. Man. Yeah. Yeah, there there's a certain there's like certain players that you can just tell like no like nobody can uh like nobody's going to be able to tackle you just like one on one like um, yeah yeah all right so i'm gonna let you get to your uh, number three guy my next guy yeah uh my next guy i, I kind of just like fell in love with him watching uh like in the playoffs uh it's trey sermon yeah. from uh, ohio, ohio state uh 
I, I don't know how, like, one, I don't know how he didn't get playing time at Oklahoma because, like, that, that's it's a lot team. of injuries. It's a lot of injuries. Yeah, a lot, a lot of injuries, but I, I, he was like, uh, he was like third string or something. And then he transferred to Ohio State, which, again, like, I, if I wasn't getting playing time, like, I'd probably transfer to like a, like a lesser known uh, school. But he started getting, he started getting like a full workload, maybe like the last like five, six games of the season. And he went on a stretch of like uh, he killed he had, my Clemson he, Tigers, man. He killed them. He had uh he had like three games of like two hundred plus yards, like two touchdowns in each one. Like he was just and and they were like good competition too. Um, yeah, I I said he kind of reminds me of Kareem Hunt. He kind of like he's kind of like uh like I don't know. It's kind of like awkward how he moves, but it's like it's like unpredictable. Like he he'll do like a. I, I, like they do like a spin they'll like bounce off a tackle they'll they i don't know they kind of just like slip out of tackles you don't expect them to make yeah and I agree. um and i'm not sure how fast he is but he, he made some explosive runs like uh i kind of just think he's everything you, you need in a running back uh and i just think it's a small sample size that's about it but i mean at the biggest stage he was i mean he's one of the best players on the field for a lot of those games. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of Trey Sermon. I think I first saw Trey Sermon when he was at Oklahoma. I think either when it was uh when it either it was Kyler Murray when he was playing there or when it was uh Hurts. I think it was one of those years. But uh he played in a few games and I saw it. And I'm like, I like this guy. He's he's like very quick. He's not like super fast. He's like a four or five type of guy, in my opinion, yeah. but he's very quick and he's big and he can play physical and then Early on in the year at Ohio State, I was like you. I was questioning why wasn't this guy getting carries? I mean, was he not healthy or something? They had Master Teague taking most of the carries, and then yep. later on the season goes on, he just starts getting more carries, and he's just dominating. I mean, you don't know how he did. I was watching him just tear up my Clemson defense. I mean, it yeah, was that, ridiculous. That game was crazy, yeah. ridiculous, man. I was pissed. What were you gonna say? Yeah, no, no, that, that was uh, that was like his three hundred yard game, wasn't it? Where he. Uh... I think so. I think so. I yeah, can't he, remember. He had, he had some. He had some crazy numbers. Uh, I shut that game off in the third quarter, so I don't remember. I was pissed, but yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> but um, I'm uh, a big fan of Trey Sermon. He's like very physical. He's quick. He's fast, and I think he's one of those type of running backs where early on in the game he may not be. I think he's an Ezekiel Elliott type running back. Not the same type of talent, but in the sense that. They're churning running back, so they're going to get like four yards or three yards or four yards, and then they're going to break off that big one that's going to get them going, and then they're just going to start getting in a groove where they're breaking off 12 to eight-yard runs consistently, and they're just going to have great days. And I think he's that type of running back where he has to, you know, build up to where he – to build up to a type of consistency in a game so he can start dominating. But, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Trey Sermon. Yeah, I was going to say, you know uh... – there, there's some crazy stat about like Nick Chubb, how he averages like ten yards a carry in the fourth quarter, quarter or something. Yeah, like he's he's one of those running backs that I think like especially like if let's say you had like, uh, like I think he'd be perfect with like a like a as like a dual running back. You know, like if you had if you could you know have let, let's say Antonio Gibson and you start him with like fifteen carries in a game, and in the third or fourth quarter you bring in Trey Sermon, like that's kind of like a perfect you know perfect opportunity for him. 
I will say that Trey Sermon offers a, a good amount as a receiver. Also, he's not – I'm not sure how good of a catcher he is, but he is very quick, and he's not a bad route runner at all. So I, I would say even early on in his career, if he doesn't get that many carries, he could also offer as a receiver. But, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of him. I'm not sure where he'd go in the draft. He might be – he could be either from either a team that wants to take a chance on him early in the second round. So whether he falls in the fourth round, I think he's in that second round to fourth round type of range wherever he goes. But, yeah, I'm a fan. All right. Yeah, you ready to go on to your next one? Uh, yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, Oklahoma State uh, running back Chuba Hubbard. Now, I think he opted out early in the year. I might be wrong. I don't think he did much this year, even if he did play. But uh, I went back and watched the 2019 tape again. I had watched it previously in 2019. But this guy's electric. I mean, he has uh, – I think an announcer I was watching when I was watching one of the games last uh, 2019, the announcer's like Olympic sprinter speed, and it doesn't explain him any more perfect that. I mean, he's legit 4-3, maybe even 4-2 on a good day type of speed. And his vision is just ridiculous. I mean, he knows exactly his and his jump cut ability is amazing. And he knows exactly where to go with the football. Like if he makes one jump cut and he goes to the right, oh, it's just bye bye. I mean, you're not going to beat him on the edge. He's just going to outrun you. I'm a big fan of his. He has a he has an underrated ability as a physical runner. He doesn't really get the chance to be such a physical runner because usually he's just breaking off big 60 yard touchdowns most of the game. So he's not really getting a chance to be in the red zone and like be physical, but the very few times he does get a chance to be in the red zone, he's effective and he can be physical. He can push his way through and get a touchdown. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's an early second round type of guy. And I think he can immediately be a running back one team on any team that a running back one on any team that needs one. And he can be extremely productive right out the gate. Yeah, I, I honestly kind of forgot about him because he, 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 I'm pretty sure he only played like a game or two this year. Yeah, um, I did too. Yeah, so, so I kind of forgot he was coming out. But um, yeah, I, I, he was like he was like RB like two or three like before the season started. Um, it's, it's kind of just one of those things like if you don't play, like uh, you kind of get forgotten about. But uh, I, like he, pro- he probably would have made my top five running backs. He's just like if you have a running back that like he's a legit track, like like track star, like. Oh, absolutely. Like, like he, he's like healthy Bryce Love, basically. Just like every time you touch it, there's a chance he can take it 60. Um, he's, I mean, he's a pr- like he can he can catch passes, although they don't do it that much. Um, yeah, I don't think the Oklahoma State office does I, I, that yeah, much. I, I don't think he's like great at like breaking tackles, but you don't really need that if you're running a 4-3 anyways. So like, you, yeah, you just, you put him on the edge and he's, he, he, he just beats angles like versus, versus like fast cornerbacks. So. Uh, and yeah, I, I I like I like him a lot. Yeah, I just now that you was, said Bryce Love, it I'm thinking in my head he does look a lot like Bryce Love did at Stanford. Yeah, just like the way he like cuts and stuff and like accelerates through like holes. Like, yeah, and I will say the one thing I love about Chuba Hubbard is the way he jump cuts. You know, when what Clyde Edwards Larry did last year at LSU, his jump cut ability is the reason why he had such a good year. And I kind of saw that a lot in Chuba Hubbard. He didn't really get to showcase it that much because lots of the time he just he just went through the correct hole and then he's just gone. But I'm a big fan of his. I like his jump cut ability, and I think he's a fantastic player. But uh, let's get to your number two run. Uh, yeah, your number what? All right, four? this was yeah, like, four running back. I'm I'm uh I'm on. All right, I'll, I'll just go ahead. Uh, my next guy is not Najee Harris. Uh, no. And he, I mean, it was hard, like, not to rank him higher just because, 
if you if you watch just this season, you would think he's like a top like a top five pick. Like he had twenty he had twenty something touchdowns. He was a Heisman candidate. Um, and and he just he just one he's just like he's kind of like a mini Derrick Henry. Like a you just can't you can't tackle him because he's got a stiff arm. He's bigger than everyone, faster than most of you. Like, um, and I think he's he's also like. He's he's got good vision. He and he's he's like a better pass catcher than you think of someone like who's like six two to two forty or whatever. Cause he, he he made some like catches, uh like he made some downfield catches that were like you would think he was a receiver or something. So I I was kind of surprised like at that. Um yeah. I didn't I didn't put him at RB1 though, just because I'm I'm kind of like concerned just in general of people from like Alabama, like he's got a bunch of first round offensive linemen. You got Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle. You got, all, you got all these people that kind of make it easy on you. Uh, I'm not saying he's not good. I just think I, I kind of like lower your like expectations a little bit just cause you're from Alabama, but <laughs> I understand that. And when I, I, watch I, Najee, I know people, yeah, people don't like that, but yeah. When I watch Najee, I, I kind of got a lot of shades of Le'Veon Bell. People might be surprised for me to, to say this. <laughs> But uh, Le'Veon Bell as a runner was unique, in my opinion, because watching him with the Steelers, he had this kind of weird patience where if the holes weren't immediately there, he'd, like, stop dead in his tracks. He wouldn't move. He'd wait for his blockers to set up a hole, then he'd start moving. So he's kind of doing his ability where he's hopping from one place to another or he's, like, standing in place and waiting for his blockers to go ahead. So he has – I don't think anybody has emulated Le'Veon Bell's running style to perfection. Other than James Conner, and he didn't really yeah, do James it Conner's just at not, all as yeah, well. Yeah. He didn't do it well as all as Le'Veon Bell did. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Najee Harris, and the thing about him, I like his Le'Veon Bell type of running. I think he does it just as well as Le'Veon does, but not as well as Le'Veon, but he does it very to a, a, a very well enough level. And I think he's actually faster than Le'Veon because uh, when Le'Veon was in the NFL, uh, early even early on, he's not very fast. I mean, he's like a four six type of guy. Yeah. Uh, He's not very fast. He doesn't have breakaway speed. And even now, he's struggling because he's getting even slower as he's aging. And he's just not as much effective as he was in early on in his career. But with Najee, you don't have that problem because he's a legit 4-5, maybe even 4-4 on a good day type of guy. He's fast and he's way, a lot more physical than Le'Veon is. And I think Najee is going to be either the first running back off the board in the second round. Maybe the first round he gets lucky or there's second running back off the board in uh, late first or early second. I think he's a fantastic player, and whoever gets him is going to get an immediate starting running back, in my opinion. But like you said, there is concerns about that Alabama O-line. I think is a good concern, but I still think he's going to be a good running back with even just an av- an av- solid to average O-line in the beginning of his career, if not a great or excellent O-line. Yeah, that that's uh... – he he's I think in like the old days he he, he would be a first round pick for sure because he's 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 one of the best co- like callers. Um, yeah, you you want to go on to your uh, your running back now? Yeah, I my running back was actually Najee Harris too. It was yeah. I mean like like I said, just like Le'Veon. I mean not just like Le'Veon, but the kind of the same type of style. He can he what I think about him is. He can switch it up. You know, at times he can be like Le'Veon, and at times he can just be like the typical Alabama running back, like Josh Jacobs, where he can just play yeah. like him, be physical, break arm tackles, break all that. And I'll say another thing is Najee as a receiver is great. I mean, 
what was it that Florida game where you had like four passing yeah uh, touchdown passes four passing uh, touchdowns yep yeah four touchdowns he caught yeah. I mean he's just great as a receiver he's a great route runner he doesn't drop very very many passes so early on in his career even if he may struggle as a runner behind a not very good O line he'll offer you as a lot as a receiver anyways so I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a great player out out I'm not sure about an All Pro player but I think he could be a Pro Bowler within his first or second year but uh, let's get to your uh, number one guy. All right. Uh, my number one guy is Travis Etienne. Obviously. Uh, yeah. And he, 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 uh, he didn't have the best season, but I just think it, like, if you watch him like individually, um, he, he's, he's like the closest player I've seen to like Kamara as like a, just watching like a, a guy whose balance is just like, like you I don't know. Ridiculous. They're like un- they're like they're like small players, but they're untouchable. Like they glide off tackles, uh, and he and he's all he's like he's like way faster too. Like Kamara was a four six guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his forty is going to be. But... Kamara plays faster than he actually ran for. Yeah, no, he, he he does. He does for sure. Kamara plays like a four four like guy, but um, yeah, he he's he's the most explosive running back in this draft for sure. Maybe maybe Chuba Hubbard's up there, but I think he's. <laughs> I think what's underrated is he's like pretty powerful for like a smaller back. Like he'll he'll lower his head, uh he'll he'll fight for yards. Um and then yeah, he just I just think like the NFL is gonna lean more towards like a pass catching, like explosive running back than they are the Najee Harris, who's more of like your, you know, give him 20 carries, although he, he can catch uh pass uh, catch passes too. I just think they the NFL is gonna lean more towards like a a Travis Etienne type player. Yeah. So obviously Etienne is my number one as well. Uh, probably everybody's at number one. Maybe maybe some people don't. But uh, as a Clemson fan, I watched Etienne his whole career. And what I think stands out about him is how much he improved as a receiver. I mean, his first uh, season, he couldn't catch for shit. I mean, nothing. I don't think he had like maybe like three catches his first season, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But he improved so much as a receiver and this year he was such a great receiver i mean those two games for trevor lawrence is out he really provided as receiver for dj uyangalele uh he really did a lot well for uh, a young quarterback like dj who is an experience as all as a quarterback and as a runner i mean like you said he's the closest thing to alvin Kamara because it's funny i think this is like last uh about like last season one of my followers said he, he's like alvin Kamara, and i didn't really see it at first because I noticed a balance, but I didn't really think he was like the receiving type, so I didn't really get it. But yeah. as this year, this season went on, obviously he became a great receiver, in my opinion. And, I mean, his acceleration is just ridiculous. I mean, if you give him an inch of space, I mean, he's going to get the top speed in like a second. So, I mean, he doesn't need a lot of space to get free. Obviously, he's breaking tackles with ease, balance and everything. I'm a big fan of his, and obviously, I think he should be the first running back taken off the board. Late, uh, late first, uh, first round pick, he can definitely be there. I wouldn't be surprised, or a second or third round, but I'd be surprised if he fell to the third round, honestly. But yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, the one thing I was gonna say, yeah, I noticed, um, I, I, I didn't watch anything besides uh, this year, so I, I, I didn't see him, and I, I didn't watch enough Clemson to know if he dropped passes or anything. But I did say, like, for as for as explosive and, like, as good in space as he was, I was kind of surprised they didn't use him, like, more, like, in the receiving game. 
because like they they use them like occasionally you know like throw them a screen give them a quick like uh i don't even know what you call it where they just like stand out in the middle of a and they just like wait but he, he like i thought you, you've got a guy that's probably running a four three like you you could you could use him at, on like more like downfield like receiver type routes but Absolutely. that was like my, that was the, i didn't see a, a lot of that at all so and he's a guy that's perfect for that and I will say about that, my gripe with the uh, Clemson offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott, is he just gets a lot of gimmicky at times. He's doing way too many wide receiver screens, too many, just too many of gimmicky type stuff where just give the ball to ETN sometimes. I mean, even in the national championship, ETN wasn't getting the ball, getting the ball as much as I like. I mean, when you have a player like that, you just got to feed them. I mean, you saw Alabama, they're just feeding Najee Harris throughout the college playoff. So just feed ETN. I didn't really understand that, but you know, it is what it is. I think Etienne's going to be a fantastic player. But before we get to our next topic, um, do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, yeah, I got I got two. Um, well, I, I right. want one. I already one I already talked about a little bit. That's Michael Carter from North Carolina. Uh, and I thought he was kind of similar to like uh, Kenneth Gainwell. He was, um, you know, he's like a five eight smaller receiver. Um, does stuff out of the backfield. Um, I thought he was, I thought he was more explosive than, uh, Javante Williams, but he, I didn't think his, like, uh, I don't know. I didn't think like he was as smart of a player because there was sometimes like he'd make a cut like too soon or he wouldn't wait for his like offensive lineman to like, so I don't, I, I didn't think he was as good of a like pure running back, but I thought he was like, he was a faster, more explosive, like type, type of running back. Yeah. Oh, and then your, my and then my one? other guy is uh, Mississippi State uh, running back Kylan uh, Hill. Oh, I'm a big fan. Um, I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. I I love what he's had some monster games that like uh, last year. I remember noticing him. Uh, I remember watching him like when I was watching Montez Sweat, and I was like, th- those two guys were the best, the best guy in offense, best guy in defense, and they kind of like. Absolutely. I don't want to say yeah, they definitely like carry that team. Um he's he's an, he's another running back. I just I don't think he's got a lot of flaws. Like he's just he's solid good in between the tackles. Yeah, good outside the tackles, can catch a little bit. Uh yeah, so, just solid like RB2, maybe RB1 for you. Yeah. Um I watched both of you guys. I'm a fan. I'm a big, big fan of Colin Hill. I think he's going to be a very solid back in the league. He could obviously be played right away. I think he's going to be a very solid player. Now, my uh, two honorable mentions, I have to say, is UCLA running back Dimitri Felton. Now, the senior bro kind of uh, started today, and he kind of, he's kind he been getting some snaps at wide receiver as long as running mm-hmm. back. But I think that just adds to him as a player. I mean, he's just versatile. He's a good as a wide receiver. I think he's very good as a running back, you know, because when I was watching Dorian Thompson Robinson, the UCLA quarterback, I'm like, who is this running back? I mean, he's has great hands. He's a great receiver and he's a solid running back. He's quick. He's shifty. He's not super fast, but he's fast enough. I'm a big fan of his. And my other honorable mention who I really wish I could have put on my top five, but I couldn't because he had a down year was Rakeem Boyd. Now I think, I don't. I'm not sure if you know this, but I remember he was on Last Chance. He was like season three, season four, one of those seasons. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit. So then he uh, he committed to Arkansas, and then his first year at Arkansas, I mean, he was great. He didn't really have a huge year, but in the games that he played, he was just electric. I mean, he's a legit four four guy. He's physical when he need be. He's just a very all around solid running back. And then 
his uh, 20, I think it was 2019, 2020 year. It was 2019 year. It was a great season, a thousand yards. He had a great season. He was playing amazing. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. And I also think he's just a solid running back that can probably a, a, a number two guy early on in his career, but uh, he can redevelop into a running back one or end up being a running back one early on if he gets lucky. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of his, and I, I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed. Uh, I didn't, I thought, yeah, I thought he he was explosive. Uh, I thought maybe he he tried to like maybe sometimes do a little too much, like dancing. But uh, yeah, I definitely agree. That was one problem I had with this film. Yeah, I I, I thought, yeah. So sometimes I think just college coaches don't like know how to like utilize their players because. You, you you see it, it happen all the time in the NFL. Like you have a guy like Alvin Kamara who is like a six a six string running back at Alabama, and uh, they they just they have like favorites or whatever. So uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of running backs that are like off of sort of down years, but I still think all the talent's still there. Yep. So now we're gonna switch to our top five cornerback prospects. Now I'm gonna let you go first with your uh, guys. All right. So. My first guy is uh, Eric Stokes from uh, Georgia. Uh, I've, I've just been seeing a bunch of people on Twitter talk about him recently. Um, and he's, he's just good. He's, he's just, just a good physical. player. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, I like this. First of all, I like the cornerback group a lot. Uh, there was, yeah, there's a lot of good players, but um, one, he's a really good athlete. Um, like you don't, you don't see him getting beat deep, you know, fast receivers taller receivers like he's generally if he gets beat it's from like a it's from like a good route or like a schemed up play or something yeah um yes but he's 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 really good in man coverage uh he plays the ball you know which a lot of quarterbacks don't do nowadays uh and the only thing i said was uh like versus certain like smaller quicker receivers sometimes he gets a little like grabby like he'll uh I don't know. Sometimes he like lose his footing and like hold a little too much. But um, other than that, I thought like he he's just he's a good cover corner, you know. Yeah, um, I watched a lot of Eric Stokes, uh, and you know those Georgia cornerbacks are just that Georgia secondary. I'm a big fan of. I mean, they're all great players. It's a mm-hmm. shame that they're gonna lose. I think they're gonna lose like uh, they're gonna lose uh, Tyson and Stokes and yeah, uh, the safety. It. It'll count. They're gonna lose all three of them, which is a shame because yeah. now they have a pretty good quarterback in JT Daniels. But yeah, I'm a big fan. He's a typical big boundary corner. I'm a big fan. He's definitely a mid, late second, third round guy. Maybe slip to the fourth if he's lucky. But I think whoever gets him, if the the scheme is a lot man based, you know, he's he's more in press coverage than he is in zone. I think he's a, a press man type of corner. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he's gonna be a solid player in the league. All right. Now let me get to my first guy. Now this is a, ironically, this is Eric Stokes' uh, partner in crime, uh, Tyson Campbell, the other mm-hmm. boundary uh, corner. I, I, I watched I watch both of them together. So it's, yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're both. Yeah. And it's just funny because honestly, they're like the same exact type of player to me. Honestly. I mean, they're both yeah, just yeah, they are. great athletes, uh, big and typical, big uh, physical boundary corner. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, they're great, great in man coverage, uh, uh, solid in zone. Could uh, Tyson Campbell could stand to improve in zone coverage a little bit. And what I like about both of them is uh, they're, all, they're both excellent physical tacklers. 
I mean, a lot of cornerbacks, especially the top guys, sometimes they might shy away from tackling a little bit because, you know, obviously they, sometimes they think it's not their job. But both of the – all the Georgia secondary, uh, especially the cornerbacks, they're very physical and willing tacklers, uh, great form tacklers. And I'm a big fan of Stokes and Campbell. I think both of them are going to be uh, second and third round type of guys. I'd be very upset if they slipped if they slipped to the fourth uh, past any rounds in the fourth. They have – they, I honestly, I'd pick them in the second and third round easily with no hesitation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I was debating between choosing, you know, Campbell or uh, or Stokes as my fifth guy because they they do they play they're both like the same. They're both six one. They're both kind of smaller corners, but uh, yeah, the, Georgia just coaches up DBs. They're aggressive. They attack the ball. Um, yeah, so they're they're both like basically they're basically the same player. All right, let me let Moon get a little. You get to your uh, second next guy. My next guy. All right, uh, my my next guy. Um, I watched last, and uh, he he's a guy that could have came out last year. Uh, Paulson Adebo from uh, Stanford. Um, he, he was probably I don't know if he has the most upside, but I thought just watching him, he was. I thought he might have been the best corner I watched. I just I don't I don't know if he's like an. I don't know if he has the same like size and you know athleticism some of these top guys have, but uh, yeah, the thing that stood out to me with him was his like hips, like uh, like he could change direction like three times in a route, stay stay on top of a corner and just like with ease, just like I don't know, he, he reminded me of like Trey White, like he's just uh-huh. always and he's always in good coverage whether it's zone man whatever. And he's always, if even if he lets up a catch, like he's he's a player that like let's say he gives up a five, he's attacking the ball like on 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 his way to tackle the receiver or whatever. So he was one of the more impressive like guys I watched. Uh, I yeah he he I just didn't see I didn't see him get beat like ever like I watched like four games of him, and he broke up like two passes in every game didn't let up like two catches and both the catches, like he almost knocked out one of them. So I was just, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, didn't, so, I didn't see anything wrong with him. Yeah. So I didn't watch, uh, I didn't really watch that much of Paulson Adiba. I would admit, I kind of just uh, found out about him like a few days ago. I didn't really get the chance to watch him because I was watching a lot of other cornerbacks. So I'm going to have to take your word for it a little bit. I did see the hip turn flexibility. He, it looked like he was kind of maybe a former receiver, honestly, because a lot of yeah. cornerbacks with that type of flexible hip of uh, hip turn, they're usually converted uh, receivers. Yeah, into, receivers. But yeah, I'm gonna take your word for it and watch a lot of other more Paulson Adebo. But uh, I'll probably have to get back to, to you on that next week's uh, podcast. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely go into watching it more. But uh, let me get into my next guy, which is FSU cornerback Asante Samuel. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, this guy's tape is just – he plays way bigger than he's supposed to. He's like 5'10", so he's uh, extremely undersized for his position, but he just plays bigger. He plays like a 6'2", 6'3", type of cornerback. He's extremely physical, and he's fast, and he's versatile, which is very uh, valuable to NFL teams, especially in this day and age of uh, explosive passing offenses. So he can play outside if you want him to. Obviously, as at 5'10", you don't want him playing outside all the time. He can play in the slot, obviously. That's probably where he's going to spend most of his time. And I actually think he can do some things at safety as well, as, as a strong safety. 
Now he's he I don't think he's taken I don't know, he hasn't taken any snaps strong safety before, honestly. But I think he he can offer a little bit of safety early on in his career. I'm a big fan, and you know, he thrives he thrives in off man coverage. That's usually where he does his best work at. He can play press. Um, in zone, I didn't really notice any glaring issues, but I didn't really notice anything great either. But I'm a big fan of Asante Samuel Jr. Um, I honestly think he's going to be as good or even as better player as his father was. But uh, I'm a big fan. I think he's a mid-second round to early third round type of guy that can just go on to a team and just immediately contribute. Yeah, I, I, I was a huge fan of um, Asante Samuel Jr., but uh, I, I kind of just put him as like a slot. Like, I think he can play outside. Uh, yeah. Like, he, he's, he's got the – it's like shorter corners can play outside, but um, I do think he, he's like a perfect fit for slot, though. Like you said, how he attacks like underneath. Uh, he's a really good – he's a really good tackler. Um, like, he can re- – he knows how to read a quarterback. And uh, – so yeah, I, I think he's I think he's kind of one of those versatile players. Like, if you could try, I would start him as like a outside, and if he struggles there, I'd probably move him inside the slot. But um, yeah, he, he was a guy that just just missed my list. All right, I'm gonna let you get to your next guy. All right, uh, another guy who's uh got some uh a dad in the NFL, uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, the second, and um, he. He's been at Alabama, and he's been he's been their best cornerback for sure. Like I, since probably Absolutely. since like, since probably since Mink has been there. Um, I I just said he's he's like super good in man coverage. Uh, he's got a really good length, so he he knows how to like uh, use the boundary and like play sort yeah sort of play with the boundary to him. Um, and I think I thought he he. Uh, versus zone, I thought he a couple times where uh, like he'd miss a, miss an assignment or be a little bit in the wrong like place. But yeah, even then, it's just it's just like a, a couple times, you know, a game or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was another guy that just always in good coverage, unless he was deemed against in like a you know maybe like a yeah certain situation, but. Yeah, I got Sertan right where you have him, and like you said, he's just a he's just a typical Alabama boundary corner to me, like uh, Humphrey and the guys before him, where he's just a typical man to man press cover corner. He's not that great in zone. He could stand to improve in there, but obviously that's not where you want him as a player. You put him where he thrives most, which is in man coverage. He's a willing and fantastic open field tackler. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he should be. Second, he's going to be in the top three corners taken either in the first or, or maybe second, but uh, a second round. He shouldn't go past anywhere past the mid second round, in my opinion. Uh, he's a fantastic player, and I think he's going to be able to contribute right away as a cornerback one or even as a cornerback two. And honestly, if he ends up as a cornerback two, he's going to, I think he's going to have an electric year as a cornerback two because there's going to be a lot of QBs that think uh, because he's a rookie, they can test him. And he's just gonna be able to just get a lot of big plays off of it. So yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, I th- I think he, yeah I think he's ready to step into the NFL like right now. You know his, his dad's obviously coached him up. You know, um, yeah I just think yeah he he's just there's just they're just good corners. Uh, 
you know, like, and again, I like, I'd rather take a, I'd rather take a corner that can play man and try to teach him how to play zone than get a cornerback that kind of like, you know, like Josh Norman was good in zone, but if you can't play man, you know, you kind of have Josh wasn't the word for shit in man coverage, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> worst, worst corner for like two years. Oh man, I don't even want to be paying 50 mil, but uh, anyways, uh, let me get to you. Let's get to your next guy. All right, this might be a surprise. Uh, my number two guy is Caleb Farley for Virginia Tech. Um, I thought he had the best. I thought he had the highest ceiling of all the cornerbacks. Oh, uh, he definitely does. I agree. He, yeah, he's 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 six two, like two hundred five. He's got crazy length. Um, I bet he runs in the forties. Uh, yeah, he, he has he has all the tools you'd ever want from a cornerback. He's a former receiver. Uh, he's got great ball production. Uh, I do think kind of like uh, kind of like Sertan, he does in zone. He's not like great, but uh, that's kind of he's new to the position. He was playing a receiver a couple years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I thought <laughs> I thought he's good in, good good as a tackler too. So I thought just overall he was like he's already good, and he's got crazy upside as a as like a you know longer corner. Yeah, like you said, I mean his potential is like legit lockdown cornerback. I mean. The athleticism just jumps off the board. He's an elite athlete at all standards. He's extremely fast. He's extremely ter- quick. Hip turn flexibility is amazing. Um, like you said, I think he's a fantastic player. And he could, like you said, he's stand to improve a lot in zone. You know, he struggled a bit there. And I don't think I did notice, which is the thing I noticed in uh, the other quarterbacks I mentioned earlier. And a lot of young quarterback cornerbacks is uh, sometimes when they're guarding receiver downfield, they might forget to turn their head around, which is why a lot of, a lot of times they can get caught uh caught the ball over them but uh he can definitely stand to start turning ahead around which a lot of young quarterback cornerbacks forget but yeah i'm a big fan of caleb farley if you go for thing about caleb farley is he has to reach potential he has to go to the right team i mean you gotta already have a db coach there that knows exactly what he's doing and knows that if he can develop this guy he's gonna end up as a star all pro all pro type cornerback that's gonna be a star for years to come but it has to be the right team because if it isn't He's gonna be. He's still gonna be a good player, in my opinion, but he won't reach that type of All Pro level if he doesn't go to the like the right team that can develop him into that type of player. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like a perfect place for him is like probably like New England or something. Like, yeah. it, like, like. Um, I'm not. I don't want to compare him to Gilmore, but you know, he he's moving. He's moving. Like he's Gilmore is getting old. They're probably gonna have to replace him. You know, man coverage like that thing. I think yeah, if you get him in the right situation. And coach him up a little bit. Yeah, he his his ceiling as a corner, like it's worth like a top five, top ten pick. So yeah. So I I had a Farley in the same spot you did, which I totally agree on. So mm-hmm. let me just get to my top guy, which is probably the same as yours, but it's South Carolina cornerback JC Horn. And honestly, he's just a baller. I mean yeah. The game against Seth Williams, which is a wide receiver that I didn't put in my top five, but I think he's a great wide receiver. His game yeah. against uh, Seth, Williams, Seth Williams against Auburn was just fantastic. I mean, he had Seth, Seth Williams in the, a jail cell. I mean, it was nothing. Bo Nix just kept trying to throw with Seth Williams away, and J.C. Horn wasn't having any of it. I mean, I think there was one play where Bo Nix is scrambling out of the pocket, and J.C. Horn's guarding Seth Williams, and then he sees – uh, Bo Nix is scrambling, and he sees a wide receiver that's kind of open. So he just ditches Seth Williams, and he just comes and makes a pick. 
And I'm like, that's the type of things I like to see in a cornerback where they're just so ball hungry. Not, not too ball hawk hungry, but they're just they're looking for the ball at all times. And I'm a big fan of J.C. Horn. He's just sicky in man coverage. You're not getting loose from him. He's extremely lengthy. I think he has pretty long arms. I'm not sure how long, but he's uh, he's pretty fast for his size. And uh, he's solid in zone coverage. He could stand to improve there. He's a very willing and good tackler. And what I love about him that I don't see in a lot of young quarterbacks, cornerbacks is that he turns his head around down the field. That's what I fucking love to see. I, I tweeted earlier as a kind of a hint to the pod we we're going to talk about today. But when I see that young quarterbacks, they're just turning their head around downfield. I love that because that just makes me know that you're seeking for the ball at all times. And I love to see that. And I think he's going to, he's definitely a first round pick in my opinion. He should be the first or second uh, cornerback taken off the board. And he's going to be an immediate playmaker right away for any team he goes to. Yep. He's, he's also my cornerback one. Uh, I just, I just like the, like his mentality, like what I think is just different than all the other, uh, all the other cornerbacks. Um, I think like, just like a lot of these guys, I think he's a good athlete. You know, he's got, got good hips, you know, um, really good in man coverage. Um, I thought like, if if you remember watching, uh, Jair Alexander, when he was coming out, how he was like cock, cocky, talking trash to receivers, just like up in their face all game. Yeah, he, he he he's that's just him. Like he's just always always going a hundred percent. Like he's aggressive and press man. He, like he makes it. He makes you not want to play receiver. Like that's the kind of like you know DB he is. And uh, I I just I I love physical you know cornerbacks. I, I like Rashad Breland when he was here. I like you know I, I like guys that make make it really tough for corner for uh, receivers to get open and. Uh, I, I, yeah, he's, he, he's good at everything. I, I put him at one just cause I think he, I think he's better right now than Farley. I just don't, I don't know if he's quite as athletic, but definitely not, but, he, but yeah, no, yeah, he's not, he's not, but I, he, he's just a playmaker though. Like he'll, yeah, he making tackles all over the place. You know, he's, yeah, he's just, he's my, he's my favorite cornerback in this draft for sure. Yeah. So with that being said, those are our top five running backs and cornerbacks. And we're going to get to our last topic of the day, which is team fits for our top five wide receivers from two weeks ago. Now, I'll start it off with my one of my guys is Tamarion Terry, the FSU wide receiver. Uh, he's been falling on draft boards, but obviously I told you guys two weeks ago that I'm a big fan of his. The, still think he'd be a valuable player. Now, I think his best team fit is actually the Eagles. Now, Eagles fans might not like this or – Washington fans might not like this for me saying the Eagles, but uh, I think with Alshon Jeffrey being on his way out the door and with a lot of the Eagles receivers, just uh, Sean Jackson's probably on his way to retirement, honestly. I think that Tamarion Terry is a perfect fit for the Eagles just in terms of what they have. So you have Jalen Rigger, which is just a speedster slot or boundary type of guy. He can play either way. He's so versatile. But with Tamarion Terry, I think he just brings that type of alpha wide receiver one type of person where he's just – He's physical and he's fast, and you just know that he's going to dominate on those go slant routes and those uh, screens and all those types of stuff. I'm not saying he's uh, exactly like DK Metcalf with the same type of talent, but I think he offers that same type of uh, play style, and I think mm-hmm. he can just be valuable to that offense and whoever the quarterback is for the Eagles. Yep, yeah, I, I, I do. I see that fit. Um, I don't. The, the Eagles are such a weird team to like, kind of 
know what they're gonna do because like yeah like no no, no one thought they were gonna take Jalen Rager no one thought they were gonna take Jalen Hurts so they are they're always a team that surprises me but um my my fifth guy was Rashad Bateman uh he he might be climbing up like the more the more I watch him the more I just think like he's he's just so polished like um I think if I think if the Washington doesn't get uh like doesn't get a like wide receiver one in free agency like if they don't land Allen Robinson like Godwin or something like that I think he's a perfect guy to pair with Terry because he he's a guy that you can he's a guy that you can make him the X you can put Terry out in the slot you can kind of mess around with and he's a guy that runs every route so I think you put you put him with some speed like Terry next to him uh I, I, yeah, I I just think he's he's just so like I don't know he he's so polished and at everything running routes catching footballs, uh he's good after the catch, uh I don't I don't think he's slow he's just not like a burner, um and so yeah I, I think that's a good fit. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Rashad Bateman. I think he definitely fits in right away with that team and. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago when you talked about Rashad Bateman, and I had watched a lot of him, but uh, I had to go back and watch some more. And <laughs> it might be a little asinine to say this, but he, I just kind of got a lot of OBJ. Uh, I got a lot of OG, OBJ comparisons to watching Bateman a little bit, and yeah. I was like, I was like, I, I didn't think he was at that type of player at first, but going back and watching him, I'm way much more even a fan because of the things you told me about him. And yeah, I think he's a great fit for that team, but. Uh, let me get to my next guy, which is uh, Elijah Moore, uh, Ole Miss wide receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. Big fan of his. A lot of draft is a big fan of Elijah Moore. But I think he fits best on the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals wide receiver core outside of DeAndre Hopkins is just – it's not very good. Yeah, Andy Isabella is just not good. He's just fast. That's pretty much it. He doesn't really offer as much more as a receiver. And their other receivers are just less than desirable, as I put it. But I think Elijah Moore would just thrive with Cliff Kingsbury, just off of how creative he is, the offensive-minded coach. I mean, it's an air raid system. You have that type of player where he's quick and he's fast. He can get open easily. You can use him in so many different manners. You can use him on special teams if need be. You can use him on all the gadget plays that these young offensive coaches love to do. I think that it's a great fit for Kyler Murray and just him and DeAndre Hopkins would cause so much trouble because you have one guy that can just get open quickly and fast and he's just making game-breaking plays, and then you have the other guy who's just so reliable all the time. I think he's a great fit for the Cardinals, and I think Cliff Kingsbury would just do so well with how he would scheme up Elijah Moore in so many different ways, as did the way with the uh, Ole Miss – I forgot who the Ole Miss uh, head coach is. Uh, Uh, But, yeah, I forgot his name is. But, yeah, he did a lot of things well for Elijah Moore. I think he's a great fit for the Cardinals. Yeah, no, I like that fit. Uh, is, is, did Larry Fitzgerald retired, or is he I'm still? Uh, pretty sure he retired. It was yeah, about the time trying to retire. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been like two years too late. Uh, he's kind of been, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, they they definitely need, need a receiver. Um, and I I think he's they they need more like speed, you know, to and he he's a guy that, you know, can he he can run by you. He he get he gets open like pretty easily. Um, and yeah, he he just he just like overall just a well-rounded receiver like the only like his only issue is he's he's five nine like everything else he's i mean he's he's electric um my my fourth guy had uh Kadarius tony uh and 
he's kind of a. I, I think there's a lot of good fits with him. A um, ton of good I fits thought, for Tony. Yeah, a lot. Of, he's just a good player. But um, I thought Green Bay was probably my favorite fit. Uh, you know, they 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 need receiver help. Uh, Devontae Adams is obviously, you know, if not the best receiver in the NFL, one of them. Uh, and they they've missed. You know, they let Randall Cobb and uh, who's the other receiver they let go. Uh, what white? Uh, Jory Nelson. Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jory uh, Nelson. Yeah, and I, the, like Alan Lazard and uh, Scantling, they're like they're more like they're solid like, at old. best. Yeah, they're like okay. Like Aaron Rodgers makes them look pretty good, but uh, they definitely need an upgrade, and they need they need a player that can separate, and they need somebody that's ready to go now. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I I don't think he's leaving, but um. If they don't, if they don't get him some more help, he's gonna be, he's gonna keep wanting, you know, keep causing drama and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they need to get him help, like like sooner rather than later. And he's 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 good at everything. Yeah. So I also had Kadarius Tony on my list. Big fan of his. And um, uh, I didn't say the team. I didn't say the Packers. For me, I said the Colts, and that's kind of because of their wide receiver core situation. Now, T.Y. Hilton, Hilton's basically nearing retirement. I mean, he's at, he's on at the back of his career. And Zach Pascal is not that very good. But I think pairing him with Michael Pittman is going to be something special. Now, Pittman, I expected him to have a big year than he did, but he didn't play much very early on. That's probably because the coaching staff didn't really trust him that much to play in the beginning. Then he went through an injury that he was out for most of the midseason, but kind of – at the end end of the season, he kind of came on a little bit. I mean, he started playing well. He started looking like that uh, wide receiver that I love so much coming out of USC. And mm-hmm. I think pairing with somebody like Tony, because the coach, the only quarterback in the coach roster right now is Jacob Eason. But I do like Eason, but he's 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 a developmental type quarterback. But I think whoever the quarterback is going to be next season, I think they're going to have a lot of fun just being with just having that type of Kadarius Tony. That's a player on their team. Because, you know, Frank Reich's a fantastic offensive coach. And here he does a good job with scheming up his running backs as pass catchers. So, he, uh, Kadarius Tony, he, he's played, he's done a lot of running back snaps in Florida already. Dan Mullen's done a, a great job of him doing running back snaps there. He's, he can do gadget plays. He can do whatever you need him to, special teams, whatever. So, I think Frank Reich's going to do a great – I think Frank Reich would do a great job with Kadarius Tony on the Colts. And I think he'd have an amazing rookie year right off the bat with him. Yeah, uh, I I think anybody that's got a uh, that's got a creative offensive coordinator, Kadarius uh, Tony, uh, like I, I like Sando, you know they've got they've already they don't really need receivers because they've got uh, Debo and uh, Ayuk, but like they they love guys that get open and create like Yak. So he's another guy that they if I, I don't think they're gonna take a receiver first round, but if they did, like that's a guy I think it would fit perfectly there too. Yeah, so let's get to your next guy, number three guy. All right. Uh, my next guy is uh, Jalen Waddle, who, um, I mean, I did. I, I, I might be moving him up. But, like, he's just, I've never. I'm going to have to go seen, back I, and watch more Waddle, honestly. Yeah, I've never, I've never <laughs> seen an athlete like him. Because uh, he, one, he's, he's, he's good at every, everything you would think he's not good at, he's good at. Like you would think uh, a five nine receiver is bad at contested catches, but he's good at contested catches. You know, you think he's bad at verse press, he's good for his press. Like it's just kind of uh 
he 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 surprises me like the more I watch him. Um, I said uh, Detroit would be a good fit for him, just because one they're gonna lose either Galladay or uh, Marvin Jones, if not both of them, and uh, they need they need receivers and for whoever they're gonna whoever's that quarterback they're gonna need receivers, and even if they do, let's say they keep Galladay, you know they they need speed, they still need speed at receiver. So I think I think that's a good fit. Uh, and unless they take a quarterback, which they might, so yeah, uh, Detroit, obviously, yeah, I think that's a good place. Uh, because either if they lose Galladay or not, I think he's just a great fit because he can still play the slot if need be. Yeah. Now, depending on the quarterback situation, obviously, Stafford's probably on his way out, most likely. And I don't know what pick are they? I think what are they, are they a top 10 pick? They might yeah, be, yeah, they're, they're, they're top 10, I think. So depending on if uh, a quarterback slips, if uh, maybe if uh, Lance slips or Wilson slips, they might be able to get a quarterback there and start the rebuild right away. But uh, yeah, I think he, I think he fits in uh, well with Detroit. I think he fits in well with most teams, anyways, because Detroit really doesn't have a, a burner on their team except for Marvin Hall. But he's not that very good of a receiver, anyways. He's more of a wide receiver for a special teams type guy. But uh, yeah, I do like that fit on Detroit now. Let me get to my uh, one of my last two guys is I have Jamar Chase and I have to say the Ravens. Now, yeah. so the Ravens because the Ravens wide receiver core outside of Marquise Brown who wasn't very good. Um, call him fucking Nollywood Brown, but uh, anyways, uh, I don't think he's very good outside of Marquise Brown. They have a lot of improvement to do wide receivers, so he's just the best fit there. I mean, Des Bryant is worth a damn. Any other other wide receivers except for. Ali Browning worth a damn. He fits in right away. He's just a very physical, fast type of receiver. I'm a big fan of his. I think Lamar just needs that type of security blanket type of wide receiver. Uh, he just needs the type of receiver that uh, a lot of young QBs need where, they, you know, the receiver is reliable. They're going to be able to get open on that third, crucial third down. He just needs that type of wide receiver. And Hollywood Brown isn't that type of guy. He's more of a Deshaun Jackson type of guy where he's not necessarily a wide receiver one. But you know he's the big play guy, and you can, and that's valuable for a team. But I think Jamar Chase fits in very well with the uh, Ravens, uh, with with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense. I think the Ravens offense could stand to improve the way they scheme the wide receivers. I'm looking at you, Greg Roman, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, I just to touch on like Baltimore, like uh, like Hollywood is a good player, but. You shouldn't like build your receiving core, like with like a deep threat first, you know? Because yeah, it's you, just like, not if a you don't, good if idea. You, if you, if you don't have a wide receiver one, it's it kind of just like not not saying it's useless, but it, you just aren't gonna get the most out of it. Um, I'll I'll touch on uh, Jamar Chase. Um, I think I think a good fit is uh the Giants. Um, they need they need receiver help. Uh. Darius Slayton's not a not a wide receiver one. Uh, I, Absolutely I think not. Uh, I think Golden Tate's a free agent. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Uh, but they 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 need a one. They need a receiver one. Uh, you know, for Daniel Jones, if he's you know if he's the answer or not. Um, yeah, they 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 need they need a possession receiver that they can rely on because t- too many other receivers just have drop problems. Like S- Slayton's good. But he's he's like inconsistent and he drops a lot of passes. And Ingram is like I don't know how he made the Pro Bowl. He's I don't know. They 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 need they need weapons and they need help on offense. And uh, I think Jamar Chase would be good for them. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's also a good fit for them. And uh, 
He's gonna he could probably be good anywhere, but that's probably the best chance he has at just being able to produce right away. Now, let me get to my last guy, which is probably the same as yours, obviously Devontae Smith. And I think mm-hmm. it's just the Dolphins. I mean, what are they? Third pick? Uh yep. So it's just it's exactly what they need. Um Tua didn't have a spectacular year. Um I think Tua lacks a lot of physical tools, in my opinion, but I still think he could be a good quarterback. Now, the Dolphins' offensive coordinator was just terrible, in my opinion. I mean, his offensive uh, passing scheme is just less than me desirable. I think he's more a little bored with the old side when it comes to passing schemes. And the wide receivers outside of uh, Devontae Parker are not very good. Preston Williams is solid at best, but that's not who you want starting all the time. And uh, Jakeem Grant has just never lived up to the hype that most Dolphin fans thought he was going to live up to. But I think with Devontae Smith, he just gives you a guy that's automatically a Pro Bowl type of receiver. I mean, there's not a lot of flaws I've seen Devontae Smith besides maybe his size. I mean, maybe he could stand to, he could probably stand to put on some more mass when he gets to the league. Mm-hmm. But besides that, he's just a guy that's going to produce right away. He's going to be he's going to be that security blanket. He's just going to be the guy that's going to be a thousand yard receiver right off the board. Uh, maybe not that many touchdowns, but he's just going to be a great receiver right off the bat and probably going to end up as an all-pro receiver by his, by his third year, if not his second year. Yeah, I, I also thought Miami is just uh, – it just makes sense. You know, they played – Just makes you know, sense. Tua and uh, Devontae played together. Uh, they obviously need more – they obviously need more help uh, with receiver. Um, I'll just go a different route. I'll, I'll say uh, – I'll just say like the Bengals – because they're they're I think they're like two picks right after them. Definitely need a receiver as well. Yeah, Joe Joe Burrow uh, coming off an ACL. You know, I, I think they they you know whether it's Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, I think going I think they can wait on O line or or go after someone in the free in free agency. Um, I just think they need a Devontae needs a quarterback that just can just hit open. That's all he needs because he he gets open versus everybody. And Joe Joe Burrow is like a good timing, you know, rhythm passer, pass passer, um, and yeah, I I, I kind of don't think you could go wrong drafting Devonte Smith. Like you could be any any they take all thirty two teams, and I think it's a good fit, basically. Yep. So uh, those are our team fits. Now uh, I think that's where we actually know. Let's get to a little bit of the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's not a lot of much to say for us to say about it. Uh, well, I will say that uh, I watched a couple clips of Frank Darby, which is a Arizona State wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was kind of the running bait with Ayuk uh, last season. I didn't see much, but what I saw was him. He's like uh, he's not that big, but he's big for his uh, height. Uh, he's fast and he's a physical. I like what I saw a little bit of clips from him, and uh, I also saw Kadarius Tony a little clips of him. And obviously, he's just dominant because that's yeah, just yeah, the type that, player that, he is. But what did you see from the Senior Bowl? Um. So I, I was watching a couple of clips and uh, two receivers that I liked. I don't think I've talked about a lot on here uh, are Tylen Wallace and uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, uh, what, what college did Dwayne Eskridge go to? Uh, I forgot. He's uh, let me see. Eskridge. Uh, I Eskridge. Have, I just saw his name earlier and I had yeah. no idea who he uh, was. Western Mis- Michigan. So it's he's kind of uh, like an unknown guy. Gonna have to watch but, him. Uh, yeah. But um, he's he's a guy I, I started watching for like my top receivers, and um, I, I he's kind of like the I don't want to say I don't want to say Terry McLaurin for every Senior Bowl receiver, 
but he's a guy that's a really good route runner with like four three speed. Um and he's uh he's probably a slot. He's like five nine, one ninety or something. But yeah, he's he's great route both these guys, Wallace and Eskridge, are just awesome route runners. And uh I'm not sure how fast Wallace is, but uh they, they both get open deep, you know, whether it's from the route running or whatever. Um and I, I I heard a bunch of good things. Like he looked like he was one of the best receivers there. So uh he he's a guy to keep an eye out for. Yeah, so we're going to wrap it up there. We appreciate all of you guys who checked out the stream. We're going to upload it to all platform, uh, multiple platforms tomorrow. Now, next week, we're going to do mostly Senior Bowl. I didn't want to talk too much about the Senior Bowl at the end of the stream. I want to just mention a little bit, but next week, we're going to be mostly, if not all, Senior Bowl. We're going to break down all the practice clips we see, all, all the good stuff, you know. If we got time, maybe we'll talk about another topic. But we appreciate the support from you guys. Uh, this sport has been amazing. All the Twitch streams, especially for our own show, has been amazing right out the gate. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Thank you guys for checking us out. And uh, we'll be back next week with the next episode. Yep. See y'all, see y'all next week. Uh, jo- join us in every.